0: Anyway, um, we're going we're gonna to wrap up our series today on Spellbound, Spellbound, uh, been a really really good series I think because it's, it's opened up a lot of our eyes about some of the things that we believe to be true that are actually not, that's kind of what the whole thing is about and so we're wrapping it up, we've been talking uh, and walking through uh, portions of scripture from the letter to the Galatians. Uh, and specifically, we've kind of just kind of hovered there for for a few weeks trying to pull out different things. We haven't went verse by verse, but we've looked at almost every part and piece of Galatians as we walk as we walk through. I encourage you to read it on your own. And the theme for Galatians is simply this. It is freedom. That's that's what Paul's talking about when he's writing to the church in Galatia. There's it's a young church. They're trying to figure out what it's all about. And really what he's wanting them to understand that there is freedom in a relationship with God. That's how it's supposed to be, but the problem is, is that it's not working that way, and so he's trying to uncover the truth that there is supposed to be freedom in a relationship with God, but somehow or another, they messed it up, and they got twisted, and they got deceived, and they got misled, and they got duped, and all those kind of things, and so they were being led astray by the crowd of the day, and really what was happening is they were being careless with their spiritual journey. They were just being careless. I mean, it's, it's a lot like some of us. We just, we just kind of go through the motions. You know, I, I've done it. I mean, you know, there's many days where I'm just kind of, I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. I'm, not, I'm just kind of going through the motions. And they were doing that. They were just going through the motions of their spiritual journey, and it was messing it up. And so we've been using a, a key verse, and it's Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. It simply goes like this. It says, you foolish Galatians, exclamation point, pound the table. You foolish Galatians, who put a spell on you? Who put a spell on you? And, and in other words, who, who has caused you to believe a lie instead of the truth and got you off course? Who, who got you to be in this spiritual trance that you're in so that you're so out there now? Who, who, called that, who made that happen? Actually, the word foolish means that you're without godly wisdom or direction. You're actually allowing people to trick you. And so we put a, a definition of the spell in, in uh, the, your notes today. It says, to be under the control or the thought or I, uh, of an, a thought or an idea that is not accurate or true in regards to my relationship with God. That's, that's what a spell is for us today. It's a, this whole idea that somehow I've been thinking something that's not even true. I've been living a way that's not even true. I've been going through the motions of something that's not even true, and I'm under a spell. And, and, and it's really important because there's a lot at stake. And what's at stake is this, is what I believe to be true determines how I live, and how I live determines where I end up. And so it's huge. I mean, it's this huge idea. And That's why in, in the text today, oh, foolish Galatians, or what happened to you, the exclamation point, it isn't like, hey, you know what? This is kind of a thing I'd like to talk to you about. It's like life and death. He's saying, hey, you got to get this. And so he's walking all the way through talking about this whole spell and so every week we've been exploring different parts of it, and today we're going to take on another one. And the, the spell today is simply this. I can live however I want as long as I believe the right things. I can live however I want as long as I believe the right things. I mean, it's kind of like, it kind of goes like this. It doesn't matter how I live as long as I know the password. <laughs> you know, you're like, well, what's the password? <laughs> Jesus you know, I mean, what's what's the right password? What's the right as long as I know the answers to the questions, I'm OK. It doesn't really matter about everything else. It just as long as I know the answer and somehow I've got it in my mind that it really doesn't have a lot to do with how I live or anything connected to the way I live. It's just what I believe. And if I believe that Jesus came and he was lived a sinful life and he died on the cross and he was rose from the dead, if I just believe that I'm OK, doesn't matter. And in some ways, there's some truth to that because we've been talking about that. But in other ways, there's a, a really deceitful spell that comes with that because we miss something. We miss something and are thinking, ah, there's, there's something more to this. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I can live however I want as long as I believe the right things, as long as I have all the right answers. And the, and the point right off the bat is this, is a relationship with God is more than a spiritual IQ test. It's more than what, no, just knowing the information. It's more than just I, I understand how it works, or I do that. And by the way, and I should through this in there. It says in scripture that even the demons, the devils themselves, they believe. As a matter of fact, they know it better probably than most of us, and it's still a problem. So that can't be the way it works, but yet a lot of us, that's how we think. We think that if I just have the password, if I just have the right answer, if I just have the solution to it in my head, then I'm all okay. And a lot of times I talk to people and interact with them and say, I just don't get it. Well, sometimes what's happening is we're trying to get it here and we're not understanding it's something here that connects with God. And so this whole idea, I can live however I want as long as I believe the right things. And so here's here's how the problem breaks down for us in, in Galatians. When we understand, and this kind of, if you haven't listened to or been here for all of the messages, you might want to go back and listen to some of them from the series on the podcast, but when we understand that we can't be good enough to enter heaven, that was one of our lies, or spells. Good people don't go, forgiven people go. When we understand that I can't be good enough to enter heaven or I can't earn it. There's nothing, I, I, can't, I can't do enough spiritual calisthenics. I can't run fast enough spiritually. I can't jump over spiritual buildings, so to speak. I can't do that when I realize that. And then I realize that I'm not like grandfathered in. Byron talked last week about it's not in the genes. That, that it doesn't just somehow happen because my parents were. Christians. My parents were followers. It, it doesn't happen like that. So there's something more to this thing. When I l- realized that the law has no power, in other words, even if I tried to, even though I can't, but I tried to live by every law that God had, every rule that God had, that I would somehow earn this. It couldn't work that way because that's not what it's set up to do. It wasn't made for that. And so I, it, once I realized this, and then I come to that point that all I can do is accept The offer of Christ and what he's going to do in my life as a free gift, totally free. That's the answer. You're like, okay, I get that. and I accept that. It's totally free. It's just a gift, and it's called grace. It's undeserved. None of us can run around and earn it in any shape or form. None of us can make it happen. We can't do that. It's just a gift from God, and we accept that. Now, this is what happens, that when that happens, I enter into a thing called Freedom. I realize, man, this is freedom. And it's freedom because it's free and I received it. God's doing it in my life. There's this freedom that I get. That's the whole point of Galatians. That's what God is getting at. I mean, that's what Paul is getting at. And that's what he's writing about. And so Galatians 5.13, it kind of goes like this. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom. That's what we've been called to. Get, get out of all the other spells and all the other junk. Don't think that you can earn it. Don't think that you've got to be good enough. Don't, you've been called to this. You, Jesus came so you could be free from all the junk, right? So he says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. So all of a sudden, there's this little twist. There's all this little twist. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another. And really what happens in, in the midst of this idea of freedom is this extremism. And there's two extremes. The first one is it's too good to be true, so somehow I've got to earn it. I've got to earn freedom. I think I can earn it. That's the first extreme. And Paul, in the letter of Galatians, the whole way through the book, he's been talking about hey, d- who put the spell on you? Who told you that somehow you could do the rules, you could do the laws, and you could do it? You, you could earn this thing. Somehow you could be good enough. There's no way you can be good enough. It isn't going to happen that way. And so it's kind of like he's convincing them of this. And it's almost like they finally get to the point like, yeah, you're right. I can't do this. I just have to accept this. God's given it for free, and I accept it. And so that first extreme is that I think I need to earn it. It's too good to be true, and, and somehow i got to try harder, i got to be good enough, but that's just an extreme, and it's wrong, it's a spell. And then the flip side of that now is because it is free, and it's because it's completely free, and God wants to give it to me completely free, is that somehow we think we can abuse freedom. It's okay, God loves me. I can basically do anything I want because I'm free. <laughs> I can go anywhere I want and live however I want because I'm free. And Paul's going, wait, 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 time out, time out. That's not it either. I mean, you've got to understand how this thing's working here. It's not that you can just be free and do whatever. It is free, but you're not free like that. So don't satisfy your freedom with your sinful nature, he says. And so it, it's okay. God loves me. I, and, and really what happens, and maybe you've heard this before, is we make the grace of God, the power of what God is doing, cheap. We make it cheap. doesn't really matter that much. I mean, okay, I got it. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Now I'm going to go kind of do my thing. I mean, I'm glad you did that for me. That's really nice. And we abuse it. And all of a sudden, we're doing things that we wouldn't necessarily do. And that's what's going on in this story today. That's the spell that they were under. They were actually they were pulled out of one spell, and now they're falling into another spell. They were pulled out of the one spell that says you've got to earn it. Now they're falling into another spell that says you can do whatever you want. And so, they were struggling to get through this thing. So, he, he kind of answers that. And here's, we're going to walk through this. In Galatians, he, he answers in chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. He says, he said, Don't be misled, don't be deceived. You cannot mock the justice of God. In other words, you can't make a joke of it. You, 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 can't, you can't pull one over, so to speak, on God. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. So don't don't be misled. Don't think that somehow you're going to abuse this and you're going to beat the system and it's all going to be like, woohoo you did it. You know, don't, don't think it's going to happen like that. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that na- sinful nature, but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. I was thinking about me trying to beat the system And maybe some of you heard me tell this story before. I can't remember if I said it or not. But uh, when I was in sixth grade, I knew everything. I really did. At least I thought I did. And uh, I, I had moved to a different school, to a different town, and I was getting in a lot of trouble. I really was. I mean, I was doing things that were, for a sixth grader, I had no business doing. I mean, I was just... I was wild with the capital letter W, I was wild, I was a wild child, my parents were uh, social alcoholics, I, I had started a drinking problem when I was in sixth grade, I was involved with girls, I mean I was, I was out there, right, and, and I thought I had the world by the tail. And, and so what happened though is I went through the whole school year that year and realized that I had neglected something very important and that was my grades, And it got to the end, and I was failing all of my classes. Not because I was dumb. it's because I just didn't go, or I didn't care. I just had an attitude. I just, you know, who cares? Don't matter, you know? And so uh, what happened is I had this great idea. I can beat the system, school system. I got with my buddy. I said, here's the deal. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go break into the school. We're going to steal all the grade books. We'll steal them all because they can't give us grades if they don't have the grade books that was my thinking right I mean you can't do anything so uh, we go down on a Saturday morning we get up right early about six o'clock just right when the sun's coming up kind of still dark still you know and we go down there well the week before I had left a window latch undone (laughs) criminal minds and and I get there and I I open, we walk in, sure enough, slide the window open, work tooling through the school, you know, me and my buddy Tracy, and we're cruising, you know, and we're we're just doing it. We go in, and sure enough, we walk into the two classes that I knew I was getting an F in, and I grabbed the re- report card book, stuffed them in my jacket. We're walking around, and then we said, hey, let's steal a stapler, you know, so we stole a stapler, and, you know, I mean, you know, stupid stuff, I mean, you know, I think we wrote something on a chalkboard, you know, I mean, you know, we were here, you know. I mean, just kind of <laughs> dumb. <laughs> and you know, we're doing all this and finally we're like, I mean, we're and we crawled in on the third floor of the building and actually worked our way down to the first floor and then we were going to climb out the office, the principal's office window. That's what we were doing. And so we get going and sure enough we get down there and we're kind of digging through stuff and and I get all this and 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 we go to get out the window. We had to open the window in the principal's office and climb out. And so I climb out and I'm getting out of there. And next thing I know, here's my buddy. He's like got one leg out, one leg in. He's he's climbing out. And all of a sudden we hear this, hey, you. I'm like, oh, crap. It was the janitor. And he grabbed my buddy's leg and pulled him back in. And I'm like. I'm out of here, man, so I'm booking. I'm like running down the street, and as I'm running down the street, I'm tearing the grade book up, and I'm throwing it everywhere, and, you know. I get home, and I mean, I, nobody's up in my house, and I walk inside, and I'm thinking I had like this red jacket or bright jacket on, and, and so I go in, and I climb in bed, I'm laying there. Oh, crap, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, about 20, 30 minutes later, and I could hear my mom opening the door. She goes, uh, yes, officer? <laughs> and, I, and she goes, and he goes, uh, is your son home right now? She said, yes, he's in bed sleeping. And he said, well, we have reason to believe that he might have been involved in a break-in at the school this morning. She goes, Troy! <laughs> and I come down, and I, by then I changed my clothes and everything. I come down, I'm going, what's going on? were you at the school no you know my mom and i'm a terrible liar she goes were you at the school yes just like that and so long story made short is that i did not beat the system at all i had to do extra class time and i had to stay after for like months it felt like to try to get my grade i barely passed the sixth grade otherwise i'd probably still be in the sixth grade today But a lot of us kind of do life like that. We think we're going to beat the system, (laughs) you know. We think we're going to beat this thing, and that was the problem that Paul was talking about. He said, "Don't don't think that you're going to fool God. Don't think that you're going to pull one over on him." And Paul kind of gets into something. I'm going to throw this out real quick, and it says, "There's a life principle in here, and a lot of you have heard of it. It's called the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest, and and it's not talking about." earning a right relationship with God, because we just came out of that. In other words, we've been talking about for, for several weeks now that you can't earn this thing. It's, it's, you can't be good enough. So he's not talking about being good enough. He didn't go back, oh, I changed my mind. Now we're going to talk about being good enough. That's not what he's doing. He's talking about what a right relationship looks like and how it works and how life happens so this law of the harvest is and he, so he's talking about who or what is in control or leading our lives that's what he's talking about and so, and so he starts and so there's four truths about the harvest and i'm just going to give them real quick because i i got some other things i want to hit on and the first one is this is the, is that you harvest the same thing as you plant you harvest in life the same thing as you plant in other words you reap what you sow or another way to put it is what I put into life is what I get out. You don't plant corn and get potatoes. It just doesn't work like that. You, you, you don't live a certain way and think, oh, well, it's something actually different, even though everything points to it being corn. <laughs> it's something different. And so it doesn't work like that. So you harvest the same thing as you plant. And here's Proverbs chapter 14. It says a mean person gets paid back in meanness, a gracious person in grace. Same thing. Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. It's it's this law of the harvest. It's this idea that what I put into life is what I get out of life. There is no way that I can get around. That's what God is saying. Hey, don't be fooled. It doesn't happen any other way. This is the way it happens. The second one is this. You harvest in a different season than you plant. See, A lot of people get mistakenly duped on this one and under the spell because they think well hey I went out partying last night nothing happened to me <laughs> I went out and I I lived this lifestyle I'm doing that nothing happened to me I'm involved in this relationship nothing happened to me and I just always say yet <laughs> yet Because many times, what happens is you harvest in a different season than what you plant. What you plant today will show up later. Don't be misled, he says. Don't be deceived by this spell and think that it's just not a big deal because nothing's really happening. God doesn't really care. It doesn't matter. Because sooner or later, I pay. Sooner or later, the seed grows up and I find out what I really planted. And you see what happens. So, don't be deceived. To think that just because you have not experienced the consequences, you never will. That's what he's saying. Somehow, again, we think we can beat the system. I <laughs> think we can beat it. Next one is you harvest more than you plant. You harvest more than you plant. In other words, everything you plant in life has a compounding effect. When you plant a single corn kernel in the ground as a seed, you don't have it grow up and it becomes one seed. Matter of fact, it becomes several ears of corn with several more seeds upon it. And that's how it is in life. So the things that I do in life, they compound. And by the way, this works on both sides of my relationship with God. And we're going to talk about sinful nature and the spirit. It happens in both sides. It gets compounded on a very aggressive way, good and bad. So I harvest more than I, than you, than I plant. It multiplies. And the last one is you harvest based on how much you plant. In other words, if I plant a few pieces of corn, I'm going to get a few stalks of corn coming up. But if I f- plant a bunch of them, I'm going to get a bunch. Good and bad. Same way. Here's a here's scripture, 2 Corinthians 9. It says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And actually, in that text there, they're speaking of dollars when you sow or plant in finances. I mean, so there's whole idea of the law of the harvest. So, so Paul's talking about this. He's saying, "Here's guys, understand this. The spell that you think that you can live however you want, just as long as you believe the right things, you've got to understand the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest is this. is What you plant, the same thing you plant is what you get. It doesn't always come back at the same time. It shows up later. How much... <laughs> is part of it, and the more you is how much you receive. I mean, all those things are true in what he's saying. So the truth then comes back to this. God won't be mocked. In other words, God is saying this. That's just how it's going to happen. You're not going to make it, you're you're not going to be going, well, wait a minute, God doesn't know me. I'm the exception. I'm the special one. (laughs) Somehow it doesn't affect or apply to me. No, no. this applies to everyone. He said, this is how it works. This is the the way that this thing works out or plays out. God's not going to be mocked. His justice is going to show up to be true in every person's life. Not just one or this one or that one. This is how it's working. So God won't be mocked. He won't be fooled. He won't end up in the short end of the stick. And another thought is this, is who or what is in control determines the outcomes of our lives who or what determines the outcomes of our life i mean we got to let that sink in a little bit so what he's doing is he's breaking it down he said here's the deal who's in control is more important than anything else as far as your spiritual destination and your relationship with god who's in control because if your sinful nature is in control he says then what's going to happen is you're going to experience death decay and rot because you've been planting seeds to death and decay and rot that's what you're going to get because that's what's in control but if you've been planting seeds to the spirit then what's going to happen is because the spirit brings life and freedom you're going to experience that because of who's in control And so that's that's what he's getting to. So Paul's breaking it down into two categories. The sinful nature, which by the way, the sinful nature is simply this. When Adam and Eve did what they did in the Garden of Eden, you and I inherited something. And that was the ability to easily make choices that are opposite from God. That's what happened. When when that took place, all of a sudden inside you was a natural bent that says, I'm going to do opposite of what God wants. That's just how I'm bent. It's a nature that's within me. It's the sinful nature. And it's constantly there until we step into eternity. And so this whole idea of the sinful nature and the Spirit, and the sinful nature spoils and decays and rots, but the Spirit brings freedom. And when we live according to the sinful nature, we actually cut off the work of the Spirit in our lives. Now, here's the thing. The work of the Spirit is what allows me to connect relationally with God I'm actually cutting that off and so he's saying this he said hey if you satisfy you you go to live the freedom that you have to satisfy that you're literally cutting off the relationship that you have with God and you're under a spell because you think that you can you think that you can do that it's not going to work that way and so he's trying to get him to understand this and see this so here's a few things here's the answer here's the answer there's four things first one is this is we have to understand something very critical to this whole situation that you and i are in today and that is this we are in the middle of a major conflict we're in the middle of a major conflict there's a conflict and by the way it's a conflict that already has a, a known outcome in other words in the end god's going to win he's not he's not going to be like oh dude how did i lose that god wins but, but this conflict right now that you and I battle is who's going to be in control of my life? Who's going to lead my life? And so there's this major conflict that's happening in each one of us right now. I mean, when we're sitting right here, right now in this moment, it's happening. Boom, 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 boom. The sinful nature, that thing that we have part of us, and the Spirit of God is constantly working in each one of our lives, and we're wrestling, we're fighting, we're battling, we're in a conflict. To see who's going to be in control. And so we have to understand that we're in the middle of a major conflict because if we don't understand that we're in, a major, in the middle of a major conflict, we just go with the flow. We just go with whatever feels good. We just go, and what feels good, because I'm already naturally bent towards this, is a sinful nature. I already go that way. So what's going to feel good <laughs> is that. That's just the bent that we have. And so we're under this, so he he says it this way, Galatians 5, verse 17, he says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants, this battle. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of the sinful nature. It's just, just fight, man, just go for it. It's just happening all the time. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other. They're constantly battling. Now, you're saying, well, man, I gave my life to Jesus. I, I, I'm now I'm a follower of Christ. It's still battling in you. It doesn't all of a sudden, once I say, yo, Jesus, thank you, I receive you. No, that, that begins as part of the process that now at least the Spirit of God is part of the process of me making it in life. Are you with me here? You guys all kind of got that deer in a headlight kind of look here going on. So... The sinful nature, going back to these two forces, forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. In other words, you can't get there from here when you surrender to this. When you don't understand that this fight is gonna it messes you up. So that's the first one. Understand that we're in the middle of a major conflict. The second one is this check yourself. Check yourself. Let me give you the long version. Check yourself before you wreck yourself right check yourself before you wreck yourself paul goes into and the conversation he's having is he says, hey you've been given freedom but don't abuse your freedom because if you abuse your freedom then it's showing that something isn't right in you and it needs to be dealt with there's something going on here and so he says check yourself before you wreck yourself we can measure what's happening in our lives We can measure what's happening. Just in case they didn't know or get it, what he was talking about, he gives them a couple short lists, and this is in Galatians 5 as well. Verse 19, it says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, he's like, okay, here's what happened. Checklist. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results, you might want to underline that in your notes, the results are very clear. Very, Very easy to see. Sexual immorality. I mean, you're just involved. You're engaged in relationships. Outside of marriage that you shouldn't be involved in. That's part of your so sinful you know, nature. He goes, uh, uh, impurity and lustful pleasures. You're just constantly going to satisfy whatever pleases you and feels good. That's what's going on. You, you go, uh, idolatry, which basically is, is simple this, simply this idea that you're allowing something else to be the Lord or the control of your life it could be it could be alcohol it could be a person it could be another god i mean it could be whatever materialism could fit into that so he's going on sorcery which if you break that one down kind of has to do with some witchcraft and and drug use and all that kind of stuff hostility you know nobody's ever i won't even ask nobody's ever got mad in here right nobody's ever okay that one doesn't apply Qu- quarreling. Some of you might have actually came out of a good old bout of quarreling this morning. <laughs> like, woohoo, man, I'm glad we're here. <laughs> You've been, man, you and the simple nature have been kicking it this morning. <laughs> you know? You got quarreling, you got jealousy. Man, I wish I had that. I wish I had theirs. So, you know, just I can't believe they get the raise and I didn't get the raise. I, I can't believe they got the promotion. I mean, just all this. Outbursts of anger, ah! You know the selfish ambition, the the dissension. Man, you're you know, you're you just constantly gravitating. You find yourself as a pot stirrer. <laughs> Every time you get somewhere, do <sighs> you hear what so and so said? <sighs> you're just constantly stirring it up. The the division, envy, drunkenness. I mean, you get the the alcohol is. It's, it's controlling you. The wild parties, you know, Friday night, I'm getting my groove on. You guys, I, I can't dance, kid. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's gonna, So he's, he's saying all these things, you know, wild parties, and, he, and then he kind of throws out this phrase, and other things like these. <laughs> he said, here's the deal. You can see the results of a sinful nature in action. It isn't isn't like a mystery. It's easy to see that it's happening, and that's what it is, he says. It's the sinful nature. So he goes through this list. He says that's how you live. But he goes on, and he says, let me tell you again, and this is where it gets kind of serious because let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Whoa. Whoa meaning that I've given myself to the control of this sinful nature so much so that now it has cast me away or cut me off from a relationship with God. That's what he's talking about. Then he goes on. He says, but the Holy Spirit produces, maybe underline that because this is measuring again, I can check myself, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. There's love. And the love that he's talking about is sacrificial. It's that amount of love that I'm willing to give my life away for somebody else. It's, it's an idea of love, of joy, not, not situational joy or circumstantial joy, but internal, internal joy. Peace, which has to do with harmony, that I'm in harmony with God. That Patience, obviously, is it, you're, you're willing to wait. It doesn't have to always be your way right now. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He says, if you're being controlled by the Spirit, then the natural outflow or expression in your life is this. Say, who's in control? So i got to check myself. i got to say, which one is in control? Which one is doing it. And the warning is clear. Don't be fooled to think you can be, live one way and believe another way and it not affect your destination or your relationship with God. It proves your relationship with God. It doesn't establish it because I can't do that. I can't earn it. I can't be good enough. I can't make that happen. But it proves that the relationship is happening. And it proves the level of relationship that I have. So if you're saying, wait a minute, if I go through that checklist, I might be checking more things off the sinful nature side than I'm checking off the Holy Spirit side. And again, it's not a scored thing. It's about who's in control. You start to realize, wait a minute, I might be trying to do this. I might abuse my freedom. Because if I'm going that way, then I'm not really understanding what God's wanting to do in my life. So the warning is clear. What is being produced in your life? When the Holy Spirit is in control, the natural expression, not a forced one, is the things that are described by the Holy Spirit. If I'm trying to force love, that might be the sinful nature trying to act or be a, a phony version of what the Holy Spirit does. If I'm trying to force these other things, then it might be me trying to do what the Holy Spirit's supposed to be trying to do through me because I haven't really yielded to Him in that way. So, next one is this surrender yourself. The first one is understand we're major conflict. Second one, check yourself. Third one, surrender yourself. What do I do with the sinful nature then? What do I do with it? What do I do with it? And Paul, he gives them an answer. He says you've got to yield it. You've got to surrender it to the power of the cross. Or here's another way. You've got to kill it. You've got to kill it. And he says it this way, Galatians 5, 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. They killed him. Like, well, how do you kill them, Right? How do you do that? And here's how you do It's, I received forgiveness for them, and I've yielded them to the power of the cross because I am weak and unable to do anything about them. Let me give you a quick example. Years ago, I was a, a two-pack-a-day smoker. After my sixth grade year, and and I was I was smoking, and I I just given my life to Christ six months prior to this, and and every day I was thinking, you know what, God probably doesn't want me smoking. That's probably not what the Holy Spirit does. You know, I don't I don't know that that's what He's all about. Matter of fact, I knew it wasn't. I didn't have to question it. And so I'm I'm you know you know doing this. I remember reading scripture. You know, I'd be have the Bible open. You know, ashes would fall and the pages were real thin so you got to real quick you know, blow them out because the pages start on fire you know I mean that's where it was and, and I remember saying oh God would you help me stop and I tried in my own power I bet you a half a dozen times to stop smoking. And I worked construction back then, and I showed up with a guy named Leroy, I think his name was, or Larry, I can't remember. And he literally had a carton of cigarettes in his back pocket. That's how bad a smoker he was. I mean, they do, it was all over. And so every time I'd be going, man, I'm really trying to quit. He said, here, go have a pack. I'm like, dude, you're not helping me here. And so, I I mean, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And then finally, I had this epiphany. And it was on Christmas Day I don't know, 1984, 85, somewhere around there. Christmas Day, smoking cigarettes. All of a sudden, I looked up and I seen Christ on the cross. I said, Jesus, you did all this for me. And I'm sitting here blowing smoke rings at you. This is messed up. Can you help me? I said, Here you go, God. Here's my cigarette smoking. I can't, I tried to quit so many times, it ain't funny. God, here it is. And all of a sudden, that day, that day, the power of the cross touched my inability to change my cigarette smoking like that. I haven't smoked cigarettes since that day. Why is that? It's because I nailed it and I killed it to the cross, not in my own power. I couldn't do that. So, surrender yourself. I receive forgiveness. I yield it to the power of Christ. I surrender it to the control of Christ. Here's what I do. I seek forgiveness and power in the areas that I'm under this sinful nature. Like, for example, if I got hostility, God, I'm giving you my hostility. God, I'm bringing it to you. Lord, forgive me. Would you touch my hostility with your power? Lord, I, my, my immorality, my whatever it is, my drunkenness, my wild parties, I mean, whatever the thing is that seems to always be slapping you around, Lord, here it is. I kill it on the cross because my power is ineffective to try to do anything about it. So it's my faith. He takes them right back. It's faith. It's faith. It's faith. So the last thing, last thing, is you've got to let the Holy Spirit set the path for your life got to let the Holy Spirit set the path for your life. See, true freedom in life is found in learning to follow the Holy Spirit's leading on the journey of life. That's what he's saying. He's saying, here, guys, 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 it's not rules and lists. You didn't get freed from one list to jump into a non-list or anything like that. It's understanding that once you get to the point where you're saying, I am led and guided and directed by the Holy Spirit. You say, wait a minute, that's kind of weird, man. You're talking weird stuff here. It's it's God, the Spirit of God working through you and moving in you. And you've yielded this control. Say, God, I've accepted what Jesus has done for me on the cross. Now I am surrendering to the work of the Holy Spirit so I can walk this bad boy out. And that's what it means. And so true freedom in life is from learning how to do that with the Holy Spirit. The real question is who is taking the lead? Who's taking the lead in your life? Is it the sinful nature? Is it that list of things that are going, whoa, whoa, whoa? What's and who is taking the lead? And he goes on Galatians 5, 16, 18, 25, those verses. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. But when you, verse 18, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are no, not under the obligation of the law of Moses. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So here's what that means, okay, real quickly. Guide. Holy Spirit, guide me. If you translate it another way, it means to walk with, all right? And, and if, the understanding is this, it is to allow the Holy Spirit to set the destination of my life. In other words, you pick for me where we're going. I'm not picking it. You pick it. I'm not taking myself anywhere. You're taking me there. I'm not calling the shots. You're calling the shots. You are the one that I'm going to follow. And when I do that, all of a sudden now I'm sowing to the Spirit. I'm planting and I'm going to harvest those things in the Spirit. So walk with, all right? So the focus is on the destination, and the focus is on where he's going. Too often, though, we focus on the situation, and we miss that one. Second one is this. It's directed by the Spirit. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to make the decisions or the choices that we make in life. Here's a scary thought for you this week, and try this. You're facing a situation. You know it's a simple nature. You're like, whoa, man, I can tell that's not God. All you have to do is go, Holy Spirit, what would you want me to do right now? What's the choice you want me to make right here? What's what's the decision? Now, you've got to stop and listen, though. You've got to go, okay, hey, wait a minute. I'm listening because I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to be led in this thing. So I've got to listen to what God is saying. So allow the Holy Spirit to help make decisions and choices about the path I take. And then the last one, we need to learn to listen, uh, excuse me, is living by the Spirit. And that is allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through my life. To flow through my life. Going back to the seeds, all right? If I plant something, I'm going to see a multiple return of something. Here's how it happens, is that God wants to flow through my life to plant seeds in every situation of my life. So now I'm, I'm planting love because of the Holy Spirit. I'm planting joy because of the Holy Spirit. I'm planting all these things, and I'm beginning to see the fruit or the produce of a life that's under the control of God. And see, some of us were like, man, there's no fruit in my life. Well, you've got to let him flow through you. To make it happen is this making any sense okay all right so and what that means then is i get to the point where it's impacting others it's impacting others let's pray let's pray lord i thank you that you don't just let us go down a crazy path and just hope that somehow we end up in the right place but Lord, instead, right now, I believe that you are speaking even to us now by your Spirit and saying, this is the way, go this way. And Lord, there's probably many of us in this room that have simply said, Lord, I, I've, I've blown it. I've given, a, I've given my way and my, my direction and my control to the leading of a sinful nature, not the Spirit of God that brings life and freedom. And I've been under a spell. And I simply ask right now that you would forgive me and I yield to you. Lord, I see it right now. I, I, I just ask, Lord, do you forgive me, and I yield to you. In Jesus' name, amen.